Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's episode, I am so honoured to have my very good friend Savannah coming on to talk to us all about the Caliac. Savannah works with the Caliac, she lives in Scotland and has grown up with the tales of Scotland and the Caliac being passed down from her ancestors. She has the best accent, great sense of humour, and I really think you'll enjoy this interview. Before we get into the podcast today, I just wanted to let you know about another podcast I am co-host on called The Hedge Witch's Almanac. We've already recorded a year's worth of episodes with an episode for each Sabbath, but now the full wheel has turned. We are now releasing a mini episode for each week that will be released on a Wednesday. We've just released an episode all about the wolf as a power animal And the format is each week we will either look at a power animal, crystal, tree or plant. I will put a link in the show notes if you would like to listen to that. It is a very Scottish episode today. For today's book review, I'm veering off track a little bit with a supernatural horror book I read recently that's set in Scotland. There are a few nods to the craft and also Samhain makes it the perfect book to read as we delve into the darker months. And I don't know about you, would be a great book to read at Yule. I think Yule is always a good time to read a good ghost story. The book is Pine by Francine Toon. I will read you the blurb just to give you some insight into the storyline. Lauren and her father, Neil, live alone in the Highlands in a small village surrounded by forest. When a woman stumbles onto the road one Halloween night, Neil drives her back to their house. In the morning, she's gone. In a community where daughters rebel and men quietly rage, mysteries like these are not out of the ordinary. Lauren looks for answers in her tarot cards, hoping she might be able to read her father's turbulent mind. Neighbours know more than they let on, but when a local teenager goes missing, it's no longer clear who she can trust. First off, the opening of the book just got me. The book is led mainly from the perspective of Lauren, who is nine and a half years old. The half, of course, being very important to Lauren, and we find her in the car with her dad going out for guising for Halloween. So they're on the road, driving through the forest, out in the highlands. She's clutching her pumpkin-shaped bucket, 
in her full fancy dress. Now, Lauren is an adorable little girl. Her dad's really into music. So when he's not heavily drinking, he plays in a band and he really influences a lot of her musical taste. So at Halloween, we see her guising and she is singing Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell to entertain all the neighbours. And they just really aren't into it. And it really cracks me up the scenes with her singing. The lipstick that Lauren wears as blood on the corner of her mouth for dressing up, we discover comes from her mother's things following her mother passing. Her father isn't doing well caring for Lauren and grieving and working. And we see this throughout the book from the state of the house they are living in to him generally not functioning well with work and everything. Lauren's struggling at school, she's being bullied generally having to look after herself a lot because her dad isn't doing well. It sounds really bleak, but I really took to this book. So classed as a gothic thriller, the scene was really set in regards to it being eerie and spooky, totally atmospheric. One night I even had to have a little nightlight on after fully scaring myself I think reading a horror rather than watching one can be more terrifying as your imagination works overtime. I loved the scene being set in the Highlands. The scenes with the house also were terrifying. And for much of the book, I couldn't fathom how the story was going to pan out at all, which kept me hooked. The ending has got some stick in reviews I have seen as being played out too fast. I wouldn't say I agreed with that. I did feel there were perhaps some holes in the plot towards the end. But to be honest, I didn't really care by then. The ending has surprised and terrified me in a good way. It was darker than I could have expected. And I was already scared. And that's what I'd come here for. (laughs) Absolutely love this book. It's easy to read. I must have charged through it in about two days. Desperate to see what had happened. But yes, it was definitely extremely haunting. Join me after the break when we talk all about the Kaliak. here with my wonderful friend Savannah. Hello Savannah. (laughs) Hey hon, how you doing? I am so good, I'm so excited that you're coming on. I can't wait for everyone to hear all about you and everything you're going to talk about honestly, so excited for this. (laughs) Oh it's a pleasure, it's a real honour to be asked on, honestly it's a real honour. Oh, so Savannah, or the Scottish Witch Queen, as I like to call her, (laughs) we met online through all things witchy and just got on like a house on fire instantaneously. It was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it was like love at first sight. (laughs) My pupils dilated and everything. It was absolute love at first sight. Um, We have talked in depth about, I mean, everything under the sun, all things. But of course, 
many witchy things, including a shared love of quite a few different aspects of the craft. We have obviously been talking about like Scottish folk magic, witchcraft overall, ghostly experiences, the kayak, she's going to tell me off because I never pronounce it properly, of which Savannah <laughs> has so much knowledge of. Um, Savannah kindly sent me a ton of information on the kayak because I wanted to get into it. But she sent me so much and it was so good. I felt it has to be Savannah delivering this. She absolutely needs to take the credit for all of this amazing information. She's the one with all the wisdom on her and who better <laughs> than to deliver this on the podcast than Savannah with her gorgeous Scottish accent. Well, thank you. Thank you. So I'm hoping after I can ask you a couple of extra questions, if you don't mind as well, Savannah. Not a problem. Yeah. So you're going to absolutely love all Savannah has to talk about on this episode, as much as I do, I'm sure. Savannah, I'm going to hand it over to you. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. So <laughs> the Kylie has, um, has, honestly, she's got so many ways to pronounce her name. And mm -hmm. like, yeah, you, you kind of murder her name a little bit, but you love her just as much. <laughs> so yes, I I'll, let you <laughs> I'll let you off because honestly, I don't think it's all about the pronunciation of her name. I think it's how we connect with something. Mm. So I, I believe that you could call her whatever you want. So I call her the Kylie, but obviously there's hundreds and hundreds of different ways to, to pronounce her name. And I think just whatever you um, you connect with, you, you call her. So the Kyliak is, um, she's, to me, she is like an ancient, ancient Scottish spirit. She's yep. known as a goddess, which is totally fine, but I kind of see her as um, the Kyliak as she is the mother of all gods and goddesses. She's that old. So the, let me explain, the Kyliak, I'm going to talk about is Kyliach Baira. So mm -hmm. you get lots of different Kyliachs in Scotland. They've all got different names. You've got Bairiach, um, you're sorry, my apologies. You've got Kyliach Nessa. You've got, honestly, there's hundreds. So mm -hmm. they're known as lesser Kyliachs or her children. But the main kahuna, the big gun, is <laughs> Kyliach Baira. And she's Dark Baira, Queen of Winter. She is the mother of all gods, and basically, she is who created everything in Scotland and the, the whole British Isles as well, because she's been found in all corners, Ireland especially, and um, even down, down south in England, she's been found. So <clears throat> she's known as the Veiled One. Um, she has, she's, a, she's known as a woman with second sight, she basically, the story of her is that she she was a giant. She was absolutely huge. And I kind of liken it to, so if you, have you ever seen The Craft? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So you know how in The Craft they talk about Manol? And Manol yeah. is like if God and the devil were playing football in the football pitch, it was Manol that created all that. That's how I see the Kyliach. She is all-encompassing. She created absolutely everything so there's loads of stories of her origin stories that they, they, they vary from wherever 
you live in Scotland, the UK, wherever. So mm. the one that I kind of like is that she had this, she was a giant and she would carry boulders in her peenie, which is a Scottish word for an apron. And basically she was a bad-tempered, ill-nittered old shite. And she would drop the boulders willy-nilly, like being pissed off at the world. And these boulders, when they dropped, created our glens, our valleys, our mountains. They created absolutely everything. But then the story that. kind of changed later on that it was the devil that done that. Now, I smell bullshit. Could you imagine <laughs> the devil running about in a peenie, dropping boulders willy-nilly? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. So <laughs> I think it was used by the Christians to kind of just blank out all of you know, all of the, the mythology of Celtic mythology, Pictish mythology, but she's kind mm -hmm. of put in with um, the Celts and Celt gods and goddesses, but I think she's she's way more ancient than that. Way, way, way yeah. more ancient. She's been, um, she's basically been seen, like, in mythology going far back as the Pictish times, like, way, way back. She's she's very ancient. She's ageless. She's, an she's got a kind of Gaia like aspect to her in a sense, hasn't she? If am I right on that? Like almost the creator, yeah, like Gaia yeah. type. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So she, I think, because I, I think of some of the Kailas's goddesses. Now it does get a bit confusing because there's all mm. these different kind of they're, they're known as the lesser Kailas, but different mythologies say different things that's just personally what I believe but because she created the gods and the goddesses I kind of see her as more powerful than that so that's why I see her more yeah. as a spirit she's like the essence yes. of yeah. creation um she was also like because she her her strength is the winter time and then mm -hmm. she starts to wane around the first spring so there's like an old kind of folklore story um do you want me to tell it oh please love you too <laughs> okay love I, i'm it. a waffler so if i start waffling you have to rein me in because i have you're in the right place head. everyone's used to waffling on this podcast with me so you go for it Savannah. don't you worry like i'm yeah. glad because i am a waffler and i have i thought i'm not gonna have notes i'm gonna do it and i'm now wishing i had bullet points in front of me because things are popping out of my head i'm probably the most disorganized person ever ever so basically, one of the old legends is that Byra, um, the, the ancient Kylia, she um, she reigned winter for centuries, like a millennia. Um, think of the, the old Snow Queen in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. That mm. sort of vibe. Everything was winter. And she had hundreds of, of children, like because she created them all, basically. And they started to get annoyed at her because they were freezing their tits off, basically. So they started to rebel. So they started to rebel a little bit. And um, let me just see if I can remember the name. Gosh, I'm terrible. So basically, the, the goddess bride and her husband, they, they rebelled against her. And what mm -hmm. they, they did was they, they kind of overthrew her. And she came to some sort of, this is like the shortened version. She came uh, kind of an agreement that bride and her husband i'm sure his name was angus something gosh why can't i remember her name sorry my apologies no don't worry oh uh, i'm just trying to think anyway it'll come to me we'll get to the end of the podcast and be like that's his name <laughs> <laughs> we just insert it after <laughs>
a little voiceover of Frank. <laughs> so basically, Bride and her husband, I think it was Angus something or other, it will come to me. And I'll, you could add it to the show notes after if I don't. Um, they, they started to rule the summer and the people loved Bride and her husband because they were warm, that the crops would grow and, and all the rest of it. So, but they agreed that Byra would come back at winter. And when she did, she would, um, she would come back um, even more powerful. But she was also um, known as like the midwife of, of the winter because she would nurture the seeds that were in the, gra- in the ground yeah. So she would nurture them all. She would be maternal towards them. She she was also um, very in, in tune with the animals. She was said to always have um, a herd of deer follower all the time. But in the summer, see, I digress. In, in the summer, the first day of spring, the Kyliath Byra would find her way to the Green Isle. Now, this is a legendary island that, floats around off the, the coast of Scotland. No mortal has ever stepped foot on this. And sailors and all the rest of it have said that they've seen this beautiful green isle and then it disappears. But this is where the Kyliach Byra is said to have gone in the spring. And what she'll do is she'll drink from the fountain of youth and she'll turn back into the most beautiful, gorgeous woman ever. Then she'll roam about the Scottish Isles having a look at all her land, seeing what's been done. Um, she'll, she'll deal with injustices, but she's kind of guised as a beautiful woman. So if people are over hunting the deer, for example, and not taking what they need, she'll punish them. So you could say that just now in this today's climate, because we're all completely just disregarding mother nature, mm-hmm. we're having heavy weathers and ridiculous freak storms all over the world, fires, all the rest of it. So it could be seen as the Kyliak fire, like punishing us sort of thing. So in days gone by, they would, the, the mortal people, they, the normal kind of people, they would worship her and they would leave offerings for her so that Vira would leave them alone and give them a good crop, basically. But as the you know what, I was so sorry to cut you. I was just gonna That's ask okay. you, this is fascinating to me. I just wanna ask you two questions before we move forward. It's really fascinating about the deer association because it is that almost like the matriarchal kind of, well, not, I don't want to say goddess, but you know, the the reverence of like the female spirits of, and they're always ancient, like any of any yep. of the deities or spirits linked to the, the deers also. Like, so I'm kind of getting that really, really ancient sense with that. Oh, um, yes. but yep. it's, it's really funny you said about the green R as well, because there actually is, and this is something I'd like to talk about one day, but there's there's um, a podcast called, a uh, brilliant podcast called Real Life Ghost Stories. And she talked Ooh. about the Green Isle and she was saying the same about the sailors seeing it and also a few pilots and it just popping up out of nowhere and then just yeah. to be dis- disappear and never be seen again. But it's like fascinating, like oh, genuinely. It's so um, cool. Yeah. It's so cool. I love, honestly, see when you immerse yourself in this kind of mythology, and then you go about the normal world and the muggle life. You're like, oh gosh, I really want to, <laughs> yeah, I why? Really want to be a child. It's so bad. <laughs> exactly. 
Victoria, just had to like interrupt, but yeah, if I can find that podcast episode, I'll link it into the show notes because it's really worth listening to just oh, about the green oil. But I didn't know that she was said to reside there. So all of this is, and, and you know, like give us all the little details you got. Cause I know you said about the deer <laughs> thing, like, please just throw them in. We're here for it. Well, <laughs> well, basically she would go there. She would, there was also a rumor that she had to drink from this fountain before the, the sun kind of came up in the sky and before the first chirp of the first bird in the morning if she didn't drink the water by then she was she was said to turn to ash but oh. luckily she always got there first because she ain't no stupid woman um yeah. <laughs> you know, but as as the kind of summer would roll on she would age very very quickly so by the first kind of signs of autumn she would have a heavy wrinkled brow she would look old and then by the first stages of winter um our skin would have turned back dark dark blue kind of like a frozen corpse she had one eye her head skin she, she wore a dark shawl upon it she, she looked like kind of the like the baba yaga kind of that yeah. kind of visual image um that kind of vibe you know so yes. then then it would all kind of go go in circles like then she would rule all of winter rule it she the first I always kind of know when she's getting close when you go outside and you see the first breath when it's cold outside I'm like oh uh, she's coming back that's it she's coming yeah, back yeah. and I'll, <laughs> I will always do an altar to her I've got an altar to the Kyliak I've got a whole book of shadows dedicated to her um I'm trying to learn Scottish Gaelic um, or Gaelic, I'm trying to learn it, I don't know if it's Gaelic or Gaelic, one's Irish, one's Scottish, I'm still getting them muddled up, even though I'm completely immersed in the whole language, you know. What I but, love with um, Savannah is when you're going through something, she will send you like this, like, um, she'll send me a text message and it's like a Gaelic, like, like, poem or kind of like some words she's put together and it's so magic and she just puts these together from the Gaelic that she knows and I like read it and I'm like, yeah, I can barely put a sentence together. <laughs> honestly, she's really, honestly, she's like, Savannah is like an ancient, you are like an ancient soul. Like you are so oh, fun. You're so like on heart. But you've got <laughs> such an ancient soul. Like, and I just, I'm, I absolutely love it. So sorry, I'm interrupting you again. No, no, it's all right. <laughs> I just, I, I think it's super important that we learn about our culture and our heritage and, um, it's really important to me because if we don't carry on with these stories then they're lost in time and a lot of these stories were never written down they were verbally communicated you know and they were changed and altered as the years went by because of different religions different beliefs a lot I like to kind of think a lot of the time um, men would manipulate it you know to try and dominate because in these days women were like revered as goddesses because we were the givers of life you know um but things sort of changed a little bit and then then you get into the whole witch burnings but that's a whole different rabbit hole to go down I could talk for hours about that but I'll <laughs> I'll go back to what I was talking about so I, I want to kind of mention a little bit about the the lesser Kyliaks now I get there were some say they were her daughters some say they were kind of her, her maids or her, you know, her, yeah, like her maid. And then, but I sometimes think, this is just my personal opinion, um, that it was like different aspects of her personality, maybe, you know? 
Um, yeah, like Morrigan, I guess. There's like yeah. three versions of her and they're all very different in terms of, it, maybe in that similar sense, yes. Yeah, yeah so, I get what you mean. So I kind of see, see it, uh, it, it like that, but there's a story of how um, Loch Ness came about in Scotland. So it was said that the Kailiach Vaira was sitting on uh, Ben Nevis and she was sitting looking over Scotland and looking at her, looking at her lands and she's seen the Kailiach Nessa and the Kailiach Nessa was coming up Ben Nevis and she said to her, she was like, I'm really thirsty, go to this drinking well and bring me up water, I want a drink. So the Kailiach Nessa, the lesser Kailiach, her daughter, her maid, whatever you want to call her, went mm. tumbling down and tried to get her water. But the water flow was so strong that she couldn't put the lid back on the well. And the Kailiach Nessa freaked out and she bolted. But obviously, Baira had been watching this from where she was sitting and was really angry. So she boomed across all the, the, all the land that, Nessa, you have let me down big time. As punishment, you will be running forever and you'll forever be in water. And that is, she turned her into the River Ness and the Loch Ness. And that is how the origin story of the Loch Ness came about. And it said that every year when the Kailiach Nessa was turned into the Loch Ness, that she'll um, transform and she'll come out of the loch for a couple of hours on this night and she'll sing the saddest song, the most saddest lament ever, that it, like, it'll bring a tear to your eye just about her sorrows. And then she'll, she'll go back into the water. And obviously there's the Loch Ness monster as well, which I believe is a Celtic spirit, um, yeah. who's a protector of the loch. Um, and yeah, so that's how the origin story of um, the Kailiach Nessa and how Loch Ness, that's the I origin love story. That. Yes, I've never heard really. that. I love that. Honestly, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> there's loads. There's also other stories like um, when, if you're ever in Scotland and you're hill walking, you'll notice that there is massive boulders all about the place, like just random yeah. big ass stones. And it's like, how the hell did they get there? So the origin story of that is that the Kailiach Baira, she had hundreds of kids. She was a bit of a floozy. So <laughs> she gave birth and she had, um, she had a lot of sons who were giants. And giants being quite pig-headed, aggressive, they would fight all the time. So the Kailiach Baira was like, you are going to ruin my land if you continue with your bullshit. So she created different kind of stone houses for them so also almost like mountains and told each giant you live on your own space and stop your bullshit basically but the that never stopped them because they're giants they're full of testosterone so they would lob stones at each other so when they were lobbing the stones they would land in random places and that's the origin story of how Scotland is full of random big boulders all about the place so yeah, that's um that's another another story. <laughs> so that's this is what I love. Like so, with all these tales, Joanna. Like have so I one thing I always love about Scotland and Ireland is that they've you like you. Sorry, I'm like clubbing you in together, but there's so much held um, 
you know, like they, they're still so revered, like all the old stories. And mm-hmm. I, I always feel like it seems like people passing down more throughout the family lineage still. And, yes, you know, yeah, it's still yeah. so strong. So with you, like, did you get, sorry, I'm like interrupting you again, but I'm really no, curious okay. when you were growing up, like, did you, um, did you, you know, hear all these stories from family or like, you yes, know, cause so- I know you, had a lot that you picked up along the way and but yeah I just was really curious if they've sort of been passed down to you absolutely so my um my gran and my um great granny's husband we called them pop they were amazing storytellers and we would be told me and my sister would be told all these oh magical stories about mermaids and about um you know horses that would cut like the kelpies and like but she would tell them as bedtime stories and they were phenomenal and like when you're younger you just kind of see them as stories but now growing up I'm like reading like stories and I'm like I already knew that and it's like oh my goodness of course you know it's something that's always kind of been ingrained in me and for example like if there was a a storm like a big boomy storm my granny would be like oh god that's the Kylie yeah oh and did that hell I said you better you better like we better please her so we would take out boiled sweeties out into the garden and she and I'd be like boiled sweet she was like oh every old lady likes a boiled sweetie hen <laughs> <laughs> you know I love that so much there must be like an old ancient male spirit somewhere that someone's out feeding Werther's originals to as an offering. Like. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We'll just need to kind of find find them and hook them up together. Hundred percent. But uh, I absolutely yeah. love that. <laughs> so just it, it it becomes like um then when I had my daughter and son, I would tell them stories. The same yeah. stories as that my gran would tell me, but then I would add my own wee kind of flair onto it. And I presume that is exactly how these mythology stories started. You know, they would be in their tribe. They would want to be doing dedications to um, to the gods and the goddesses for their, their crops not to burn, for, you know, for them to have like a, a good harvest. Because back then that's basically, we didn't revolve around a clock clock we revolved around the earth times and I think that's what's Mm -hmm. missing from life now we're so obsessed with the clock the 24-hour clock that we don't listen to nature anymore we don't listen to what the earth outside is telling us and I think back then that's exactly how they would live and so they were so in tune to all these different things you know and that's kind of this journey I've been on in the last year I mean I've really thrown myself into finding out about my heritage, finding out about my mythology, um, all of that. Um, but I'm trying to be more in tune to the Earth's natural cycle instead of thinking, oh, shit, it's two o'clock. I, I need to, do you know what I mean? I'm really trying to focus in on that. And it's kind of what our ancestors did. So I'm, I'm trying to live that. One day I will live in a little yurt in the middle of the forest. My dream is to have a, a loch in front of me in the forest behind me on a hill somewhere I'll live just up the way I'll be just up the way then like we'll you know be, we'll be all spinsters to together <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but I, I think 
think you're so right. And I think this is even something, because obviously we talk a lot about, um, you know, um, folklore on the podcast. And mm -hmm. even with my daughter, I was always, I'm always one in the family that's always wanted to talk about the family stories. And yeah. like, I, I, I think they always thought like, she's so weird. Like, why is she living in the past? She always wants to talk about our ancestors. And I've always been obsessed with all of our family stories. Yeah. It can go as deep as you want. It can go, you can start, I think it's really important to pass on not only the family stories, because your kids do want to know these things. Like my daughter's always in awe when we talk about, stories of you know there's always little tales in families some of them you don't want to divulge I'm not gonna lie but you know there yeah. are some that you're like this is something that needs to be held on to and passed down and I do think that we are losing that you know and it, it is a shame but once you start like you say like looking into your lineage you can go back and back and it's so fascinating like how far back you can go and and how then it all links into more of your heritage stories as well yeah. you know it kind yeah. of it, it, it but it really makes you feel connected and you know if you are someone because I've you know been doing a lot more ancestral work especially in regards yeah. to psychic work like trying to work with my ancestors and stuff yes. and um, I found that really powerful and like felt really connected through that as part of that work but yeah I, I just like yeah I, I, I bet your kids absolutely love you telling you know telling them all their all their uh, legends and you know all the stories of these like this I'm waffling now sorry <laughs> <laughs> no but you're you're right and that's that's exactly it. but we need to kind of keep that alive but now we're in an age where you could google anything and the, I mean it's a great resource resource going online and all the rest of it, especially for I think newbies in the craft like what they're called witchlings <laughs> such a cute name I'm a well, well seasoned old crone shall we say <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I was very lucky that I could rely on um, family and for that sort of thing. But growing up, it was never kind of seen as witchcraft at all. It really was. It was like old wives' tales, you know. Um, yeah. They would never call themselves witches, but they 100% were. You know, there was like wee things that they would they would do, like have um, certain herbs out over the front door for good luck, putting keys and the, the evil eye above the door, you know, to, to ward away evil spirit. You know, there was all these kind of wee things. It was just part of life that I didn't know what it was called until yeah. the 90s. And I watched, um, like, The Craft. And I was like, holy shit. That, <laughs> that's kind of what we do. It, because it was just part of what... I, and then I was like, oh, now I really want to kind of get into this. Um, the, the ritual side and that but I'll, I'll tell you something which folk find quite strange about me is that I've only ever cast one spell in my life I don't think that's no no I, I to be honest I am not a huge caster of spells I do cast yeah. them but it has to be something major yeah major, major. I think that's if that was one advice I could give to folk new to the craft is don't just turn a spell. I think that's a very, very, very last resort because you are messing with energies. You are, you know, and if it's like when you first pass your driving test, you wouldn't get in a Lamborghini Ferrari and whiz off. You know, you, you start kind of, and then you kind of build up to that kind of, and I just think it's, a, everybody's different. I do a lot of ritual, 100%. Yeah. I do a lot of spiritual work. I'll cast circles and I'll sit in there and meditate and I'll, get out in nature but actually casting 
a spell. Um, I've only ever done it once and it was to pass my driving test. <laughs> oh my God, I love this, honestly. <laughs> you know what? I think um, with me, um, I find that if I think most of my work is ritual work, energy work yeah, and journey and meditating because in a way that all does go towards some form of magic it is still of kind of some manipulation energy manipulation yeah but when you get super specific I find spell work really really like takes it out of me like it's so yeah, intense and I just yeah. and I don't genuinely have many things come up that I'm like oh I'm gonna gear myself up for that because it, it yeah. really really yeah. like drains me um but you know each to their own because I, I I know what you're saying because I've got friends that will do like spells for small things but it's only because yeah. with yeah. me I'm like if I'm gonna do it I'm like you know there at the strike of midnight in an all-black yeah. cloak and everything yeah. so, you know That's like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah and I'm like oh, but then I've but then to be honest um a lot of the I guess as well like a lot of the folk magic and a lot of that was very often like symbols and little forms of magic it wasn't always like a big ritual or a big spell it was always little superstitions and little things that we did um yeah. that were seen as little versions of spells if that makes I sense you know they just weren't grand grandiose um yeah. but I I don't want to interrupt because I know you've got tons you're going to share with us but in regards yeah, okay. to like um the Kaliak and uh -huh. with the um like book of shadows that you have and the work you do so are you like and I'm interjecting I'm like throwing this at you are you <laughs> what do you do in regards to working with her are there any things that maybe you do like any times of the year that you specifically really have in honor yeah. of her yeah. or yep. things you have on your altar anything yep. along those lines so I the, the I kind of connect her through everything earthy. So I will have a hagstone, um, so the stone with a natural hole in it. Um, please don't buy them online. <laughs> please don't. You have to kind of find them to make them, I think, anyway. Um, yeah. So a hagstone. Um, I will do it um, on Yule. So what I like to do is I like to, to build a fire outside. I'll just go out and I'll, I'll kind of think about it and I just... I like to do things skyclad, totally scudders. Yeah. Um, I feel that it's it's the best best way, and I'll just kind of sit and I'll and I'll meditate to her. Um, I'll, I'll try and be as silent as possible if I can. Get away up into the hills and near water. I will obviously I won't go skyclad for that. I'd get arrested. But <laughs> I do like to um take my shoes off and just feel the earth beneath me, and it's just about kind of connecting with her. So I'll um I'll. I'll write in my book of shadows how I'm feeling, um, how like how how I'm feeling, how I want to kind of move forward with my life, kind of putting on her mentality because I believe she had a bit of a sense of humour. She was a strong, yeah. strong woman. Like I don't think she would. She's the woman that that oh, you, there's always one. You know, like the old lady in the shop, and she's like, "Shut up, you cotton shite!" Can she's she's that woman. She's not polite. She's very That's forward. My nan. <laughs> it's everybody's nan, isn't it? It's, yes. <laughs> it's just having that energy. But with regards to ritual work with her, I, I will get out in nature and I will journal yeah. and I'll just think um, things that I'll have on my altar will be moss, stones. Um, I'll collect 
kind of rainwater and I'll have that in my, in a bowl on my altar. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Um, stones, but more, not kind of like amethyst or anything, like stones, pebbles. That yeah, I've found, and yeah. um, there's a a ritual that I, I like to do. It's not my own ritual. Um, I didn't create this. It's a, a ritual that I've seen online, but I think it's very apt with us. Is that to kind of get rid of your worries and your anxieties? Because we as women, men as well. I mean, I shouldn't just say women. That's not fair. We're very hard on ourselves. Like a hundred people could say, oh, Savannah, you are looking beautiful. But that one person says that horrible thing, or you're looking a bit chubby, and that's what you focus on. Um, oh, God, yeah. You know no, genuinely, I mean? I've just had a week of this. I had, like, sorry, Savannah, to cut you. I, I've had this this week. I've had, like, honestly, and I think I just want to sort of say this as well, because I think it's something I wanted to talk to you about, just one of our little chats. I had... um. I was really nervous about coming back to putting the podcast out. So I'm recording this as the first episode of the podcast has gone out. And I'll be honest, like, I think we all have this, that we'll have so many people that are kind to us that are nice. And then I had two people troll me in the space of a week. And um, I'm just so sensitive. And I'm always getting told, like, oh, you need to toughen up and you're this. Why do we focus on that one person when we have all these other lovely people? And I put myself up for a whole day of like hesitating on doing what I wanted to do because I was like upset. And I'm just like, why? Like these people, it's not normal to go around hurting people and being unkind, you know? Yep. So I'm people just thought, well, this kind of ritual will help with that kind of anxiety. <laughs> so what, what you do is you collect pebbles as many pebbles as you want um 12 you shouldn't need any more than 12 so there there's no real symbology when it comes to um like the kayak you know how you get different kind of symbols for different deities and all that there there isn't really one for her but the spiral you know the spiral kind of sign um that that's associated with her you know and to me it kind of symbolizes rebirth because she's she's on a constant cycle you know so that symbolizes rebirth continuation and all the rest of it so what you want to do is you want to cast your circle you want to ground and center always ground and center before you cast your circle and how I ground and center is I never wear shoes never ever and I try and do as many as I can outside but if you can't that's that's totally fine but when you're grounded and center just imagine your feet are roots of a tree going right deep into the earth's core and kind of 
gripping on there, you know, so nothing can move you. You're as solid as a tree. Cast your circle. Kind of think about the, the Kailiak or whatever ancient spirit, you, goddess, god, whatever that you, you kind of connect with. Call your corners, you know, and I would put, um, I always kind of put a, I need a compass. I am terrible. I, I would not make a good homing pigeon. I walk into a shop and forget what door I've come out and get lost all the time. I mean, so I need, I need visual representation so I know where I am so I don't get lost. Um, because I'm like, eh, what, what? Um, so I have them, um, I get different coloured um, <laughs> candles and I kind of make my own candles out of beeswax. So just rolling them, it's super simple. Yeah. Um, and I think as much as you can do by yourself and create your energies are going into that. So yeah, call your, call your corners. Then what I would do is go into the middle of your circle and I kind of put down a bowl of water. Now it could be rainwater, purified water, water from a loch, lake, river, whatever you want. I, I just always kind of use that. Then I'll start at the centre and I'll walk, making the spiral shape and I'll drop the pebbles, kind of symbolising the Kailiak dropping the boulders, creating Scotland, the UK whatever I, I'm kind of possessive of her I shouldn't say that because she's all over the UK she's not just Scottish um so that's the representation of that and every pebble that I drop is a negative thought that I'm releasing you know so um so every pebble drops you're kind of thinking um getting rid of that negative thought and, and think about your wording as well like even just trying not what am I trying to say here Instead of saying, oh, I'm so ugly, just say, I like, ugliness gone. Or, you know, because it's your thoughts, that sort of idea. Am I making sense or am I waffling here? Yeah, like trying not to kind of um, associate yourself with that negative thought, yes, you know, like kind yes. of attaching to you, but getting rid of it in a way that you're wording it healthily so you're not adapt adopting that identity yes. in a sense. Yes. So your yeah. subconscious mind isn't connecting to the negative aspect and then it stays with you yeah um so you would do that going right around making the, the semi the semicircle making the spiral sorry and then when you've finished just I, I like to just sit and reflect um I'll scatter boiled sweets always leave a wee offer in like anywhere I go in Scotland I'll have like seeds and nuts so anywhere I go I'll, I'll leave a little offer in of something you know just because you don't know what energy ley lines you're walking in and there's you know, we just go through willy-nilly. So I always like to just bring some in. So when I'm dealing with a Kylie, I always bring boiled sweets, but it can be bread yeah. or whatever. You know, that's just something silly I have to. Um, and then just think about that. I do this ritual outside on a beach normally. And I will, after I have closed down the circle, thanked everything for being there, thanked the Kylie for being there. I do have words for this. Um, I think I sent you them. You could even, if someone wants to do this, I could write it out step by step if they want so um for their book of shadows I'm, I'm more than happy to do that um and then when you release it I then just leave the stones or just kick them away you, you don't want to be taking these stones home with you so if you're doing this ritual inside I would at the end of it scoop up the pebbles and bury them bury them away from your home get rid of them you know because that's that negativity gone and as like time passes if you start to feel those creeping negative thoughts pop back in visualize that spiral 
visualize the ritual and just ground and center yourself and it'll take you back to it and I find that helps it's like a visual representation of getting rid of the crap you know yeah definitely and I've got the notes from Savannah on this so if with Savannah's permission I can happily put the little ritual into the show notes so that people can come back to this and have a go at doing that but that sounds really good I mean and it doesn't have to be to the kind of that's just who I but it can be to any any god god anybody you know I just I like to associate with her with the pebbles you know because it's the visualization the representation of her dropping the boulders and creating creating the land you know so that's that's kind of the the way I, I look at it but from with the Kyla she she teaches us well she's taught me so much like she's taught me like to never fear that yeah. life goes on you know um let go of the old that holds you back and like move forward she's taught me to release work with empathy love and compassion now although she was a feared spirit goddess deity whatever you want to call her she was also um extremely kind to animals nature to the earth she nurtured the earth so like in the winter she would keep a hold of all the seeds and all the rest of it and keep them close to her and nurture them so in the spring they would grow into new life so that's what I mean but like she's taught me empathy work uh, love and compassion um she's taught me to whatever you're doing give it your all because there was a time when she was kind of overthrown by her own son and daughter and that's how the, the seasons came about but she she persevered she kept going and she's like she's still good she's ageless she's she's still getting on with you know she was like the queen just never stopped just kept going yeah you know it's really um, funny because when you connect to her kind of energy like you know we were saying about like negative events and you know you focus on the 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 crap that's bad but you've got all these other good things happening in a way it makes me think of those kind of old school and I know some of this is a little bit like toxic positivity I was saying to my mum the other day like you know nans and mums they've always got like some of the best sayings I said to my mum like the other day it's a good job we never grew up on your affirmations mum because some of my mums were like life's hard then you die and I'm like oh my god like you can't be putting that out into the universe but sometimes some of the grandmas and like my um daughter's dad his nan used to say if it ain't death it ain't shit and I'm like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) don't hold back grandma like you know so sometimes like the crone aspect of like you know of of like just they don't they don't I have to remind myself sometimes like don't always focus on the shit like they yeah. are quite tough when it comes to oh yeah she gives you that crone energy of like don't worry about them like well don't yeah. don't you know just like not tough enough in a to- toxic positivity way but it's like they've seen and experienced so much like that's nothing to them you know yeah 100 yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say in regards to this time of year obviously so the cardiac always comes up for me because of Samhain because Mm-hmm. I don't know if you go by the story and if this ties into the version of the cardiac that you've been talking about with the staff which she bangs to signify the crossover from like Samhain yeah. night. I don't know if that's the story that you identify with in regards to her. It's just the one that I've always, you know, thought of and known. So yeah, I wonder not- if Samhain was the time you sort of identify as being of hers. Yeah, I've, I've heard that one. Um, that. I've, I've always kind of associated, she is, um, because the seven is the end of the the year. So yeah. she does come across there. I I deal with like, like seven and that I'm 
right into ancestral work. Um, yeah. And I kind of associate her more, or I do more with her at Yule, but that's yeah. just me personally. Oh, but she is absolutely associated with that time year because this is when she comes to power because it's the end of the kind of the Celtic New Year. It's the end of the agricultural year. This is when winter starts, you know, um, the start of November, end of October, start of November. This is, but um, personally, that on Samhain, I, I connect with those loved ones that have, that have passed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always have the Kylie on my altar. Always. I've got... Um, I've got images like honestly I'm so sad I have like a photo album like just if I'm ever feeling kind of like oh I need a wee bit inner strength I'll look at these photos of her artistic photos I'm, that I've seen online and all the rest of it so I'll connect but yeah 100% now that was uh, in your book wasn't it that you took was it Blackberry the black Blackthorn yeah, so, so I actually talked about her in, in the recent book we did, but it's funny because I am with you on her being more associated with Yule. Again, I always see her as like, you know, the kind of the snow queen, the winter queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, like Yule and going into that part of the year is is a time I see more of her because I yeah. always associate, I love Nick Nevin and yeah. she's always who I, I always like associate her with Samhain. Um you know I've, I've got like a lot of Scottish ancestry nowhere near obviously is like much as Savannah but that's kind of why a lot of like we started talking a lot because I've always been obsessed with like Nick Nevin the Kaliak and um I've always associated Nick Nevin with the Night of Samhain she like rides yeah. in the wild hunt and all of that there's so much around her in relation to that night so much you've given me today that I love that is so it's like those it's like real like information that just isn't always out there and easy to find and that's always what I want to try and bring onto the podcast like the real roots of it and uh our handing over uh, um to to Bridget her her name is also Bride yes it is yeah definitely it's It's like so many variations of her name isn't there very different names but same yeah same vibe totally but yeah I I was it Nick Nick Niven? I call it the Nick Niven. You know, but everybody calls her something different. But yes, that's who I associate with Sarah. One hundred percent, absolutely. But um, I am all for the Kylie all year round. <laughs> she's yeah, she's my woman. <laughs> yeah, spirits of life, not just for Christmas. Um, <laughs> so Savannah, obviously talking of Samhain. Mm-hmm. Um, with the veil thinning and obviously this might go out just after Samhain but I wondered like if you would be happy to share because obviously one of the conversations amongst the many that we have are often about uh, the spirit world ghostly mm-hmm. encounters and so on Savannah has got some amazing amazing experiences that she's had I mean in life in general but I know you are <laughs> quite psychic are you happy to tell us like it definitely the mortuary story or just any stories on yeah, that front yeah, that you're happy to no bother. so I worked in the funeral trade for gosh a long time I was unfortunately made redundant from the funeral trade um after the first lockdown um but before that I my job was working in the mortuary so I would dress the deceased I would get the deceased ready for their final journey before the funeral and I would see it as an, a great honour 
fail to do that for a family. I, I really did see it as an honour. Um, but there was what I would try and do with every single person that came into my care was I would always do a little blessing for them. I'd always light a little candle and stuff. But then I thought with the kind of certain chemicals that are in a merch, <laughs> I didn't think a candle was a good idea. So I got fake candles <laughs> because I was worried I'd blow the place up. Um, so <laughs> as I got more experience, I thought maybe that's not the best idea. So I would have the wee kind of fake candles, but I would always just try and connect to them and just because I always thought, you know what? I don't think their spirits would almost like be hanging around their, their deceased body. I think they'd be more with family. But I also yeah. like to think that, do you know what? If it was me, I'd be like, I want to know exactly what you're doing to me, pal. So I would always be yeah, very yeah. grateful that that they were there just maybe keeping an eye on so I would talk to them but I would always try and see if I could find out anything about their lives by kind of connecting in do you know um, yeah. so I would do that and I was right a lot of the time I was very wrong a lot of the time too so um but there was this one one experience that I had and I won't say the names or anything like that but um this it was a gentleman and when I was preparing them, getting them dressed, um, I just felt like I was very heavy, like someone was sitting on my chest. Like I just felt mm -hmm. really, really kind of, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good at all. I felt like I was being watched. I just had this horrible kind of, horrible vibe. And I was like, oh, I, I don't like this. I don't, I'm not keen on this person. I am getting really creepy creepy vibes from this whole situation so the funeral directors I worked for at that time was a small family-run funeral director so basically at that time I would treat the deceased but I would also help on the funerals so I would be at yeah. the funerals um, assisting the lead funeral director so this particular funeral I was there and where I was positioned at the crematorium um, there was the, the family would be sat next to me and the son turned round to his mum and went, don't worry, mum, in 10 minutes, this fucker will be burning and we can have a cup of tea. And I thought, oh, my God, that that's why I'm like, he was, oh, then I found out he was horrendous to the family, like really horrendous to the family. And they didn't collect his ashes for years. And the whole time his ashes were there, weird things would happen, like things, I mean, it's crazy, but we had shelves and we would have on the shelf we would have like different things for for funerals for going out and collecting deceased from their houses or whatever and I would come in in the morning and it was a sturdy shelf and everything everything would be knocked off the shelf the radio would go on by you know just weird creepy things and I would end up saying like trying to talk to this individual going look mister leave me alone you know um move on basically and as soon as I, I kind of got freaked out that much that I wrote to the family and said we've, we've still got the ashes here um would you like to come collect them or would you like us to dispose of them for you they wanted us to dispose of them so we, we took them back to the crematorium remembrance gardens and that's where they were scattered and as soon as them ashes had gone everything stopped everything stopped now the people that I worked with like my boss at the time, he um he didn't believe in any of that. He had 
worked in the trade. That he started in the trade the year I was born, 1982. Mm-hmm. So he just didn't believe in it. He thought I was absolutely away with it. He thought it was crazy. Um, but there was all these kind of things, and he would say when I when I would try and home in with these individuals, and I'd be like, "Oh, I had got the sense that." she was a singer or she played the piano he'd be like oh you've read that you you spoke to the family you you know he would always kind of poo-poo it and like the whole thing with this individual that was creepy like things falling off um, he'd be like oh it'd be the vibrations or the radio it's an electrical thing I was like no I'm telling you this guy's haunting the place because he's evil get him out you know <laughs> but um, That's all mad. that kind of stuff would um would sort of happen um but I would I would always try and connect to them in some sort of way just to try and find out about them and and also like kind of say to them you know don't worry um what I'm doing here is for the greater good it's for your family to come in and blah, and I would talk myself talk to myself about talking to them while doing it and a lot of the time I would like to go in like at midnight to to prep the deceased because it was peaceful I don't have to worry about the phone ringing I don't have to worry about folk coming in and out and so yeah. I quite liked going in and, and working through the night keep a lot of it quiet but no I absolutely felt that I connected I connected to um to these individuals and even before that when I uh, I would make my I've honestly I've been like the jack of all trades master and none I swear to god um but <laughs> <laughs> I had my own shop before and I used to make skincare products and uh, I would do therapies as well you know like um massage and all the rest of it so I would I would make skincare products for the individual skin. So I would kind of give them a facial and say, you need X, Y, and Z. And I'd make it all out of natural ingredients. Um, and while I was doing a lot of these kind of massages, I would have images pop in. Not, it wasn't like someone was standing talking to me. I never heard it. It was like, it was like watching a movie and that my inside of my mind. Yeah. And that's I, what I get when I oh, get geez, things right. come through. I get a little vision in like, I can't, this sounds really bizarre to say, but um, it always comes into like the right side of my brain. I can't even right. explain how it's like, I'll just, I'll see something come up and, or if I have a message come through, it's like it's spoken in my right ear almost, or like the yeah, right. It's like the a I can't explain that yeah it's always on the right side for me and I've never been able to there's only one other person I spoke to and they're like oh my goodness that's exactly where I decide I kind of get it through on I've, I've never been able to explain it properly but yes I'll like see a little scene replay out or yeah. I'll get a succession of images just like flashing 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 lots of different yeah. things that's like what I, and it'll be like a it's almost it's very hard to explain but I kind of it's like a still movie um yeah 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 yeah, yeah. images 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 like yeah, like um, a flicker book almost so the most kind of profound experience I've had with that I was given a girl a massage um when I had this business before I was given her a massage and I was getting images of a bird of prey a window a man in a t- and it was like so overpowering it it was the first time it had properly happened to me as an adult like I used to have imaginary friends all the time when I was a kid and I'm like I was talking to dead relatives but didn't realize I was talking to dead relatives until I was older mum was like that was a bit freaky because it seemed like you were talking to your great aunt 
whoever, do you know what I mean? I was like, well, you know, but you block that out. So this, going back when I, this images were flying through my mind and I had to stop and the girl was like, what's wrong? And I was like, this is going to sound crazy. And if this is wrong, I'm going to sound like a lunatic. And I was like, I'm seeing a man and I'm seeing a bird of prey and I'm seeing it. And I explained to her and she burst out crying. She's like, my dad died two months ago. And he always said that when he died, he would come back as a bird of prey. And I've been seeing a bird of prey outside my bedroom window. And I was like, holy <sighs> shit! Oh my God! You know, I was like, I couldn't believe that oh my I, had, goodness. I had been so accurate because all these things would happen to me in the past, but you block it out like you're imagining it. It's in my head. Yeah. It's not real. So you would kind of, you block it all out. And But now I'm like, God, I was so spot on with that. That can't be a coincidence. No, you know? no. But it was no. like get, I had to get into that zone. It's almost like a med meditative, I can't speak, meditative. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try, I have to get into that zone and really kind of connect. Um, I've never had it that I'll be walking past someone and I'm like, oh, I have the urge to go and tell them. But I've, I've realised the older I'm getting, I'm extremely in. I connect, I'm intuitive to people I first meet. For example, my new yeah. job, uh, another one. So I'm now a general manager of this. Um, it's a place opening up in Dundee. Uh, it's like a, it's called the Mansion. It's like a male grooming salon. Where it looks offer... like Pinky Blinders and you yeah, look like yeah, there's so images like... of, like, so there's images of Savannah and I can't remember the lady's name in it, but they've fully given you that hot, that amazing, yeah, like... Look, honestly, it looks unreal. So this this job, I can't believe I actually managed to get it. I, it's the first job I've had actually where they absolutely encourage me to be my mad, crazy self. Like they don't want a watered down Savannah, which is wonderful because every other job I've had in the past, I've had to water my personality <laughs> down. But they're like, no, we need your, we need that personality. So they they've allowed me to be part of the creative process it's not open yet but they've allowed me to formulate skincare products for them they've allowed me to be part of the whole refurbishment of this building that they've really allowed me to to get my clothes stuck in which is amazing but there was a gentleman who i better watch what i'm saying can any of them listen to it but there's a gentleman they hired to kind of oversee a lot of things and when i met him instantly met him i disliked him and I mean I disliked him wholeheartedly I didn't trust him I thought oh you're a I just don't like you at all and it turns out that I was completely right everything I foresaw happened yeah everything yeah every single thing from him you know just a lot of things that and I, I foresaw it I've seen it and that's been happening to me more and more and more and I think it's because I'm really connecting to that side of me now I'm listening to my gut I'm listening yeah. to that and um, so yeah that's basically it's homing in on it there's no I think everybody has it in them I think you yeah. just have to trust the process and trust like because trust that sometimes you might I think it's always easier to kind of read people you don't know than people you do because people you do know you might want to put your own kind of personal what you feel about a situation into it you know what I mean whereas yeah. if it's a stranger you just purely go on what you feel. So yeah. um, I'm, I've absolutely started trusting that process and trying to connect with spirit. Um, and 
I am I'm writing journals. I'm having these mad dreams at the moment and I'm writing them down and then I go back a few months later and I'll read them and I'm like, oh my God, I, I foresaw that happening in a weird dream. So it's it is a process, but yeah, sorry, I'm waffling. <laughs> And actually, this is something we talked about on the spirit work episode because I, and it's also like putting, I think putting out there that you, if you want to develop it, putting out, like actually saying to spirit, I'm open to seeing this. Like you can say like, please don't scare me too much or whatever, but it is like putting it out there. I'm willing to open up to this. I'm willing to see this. It is like tracking your dreams. It is listening to those gut feelings you know it it is like seeing what comes up and having some faith in it and the more you have faith in it the more that comes through it's just really very much something that I've been working on I was actually going to ask you before I like let you go because honestly this has all been like gold one thing I wanted to ask you is so with the ritual work that you do like is there any music like witchy music or any form of music that you might listen to whilst you were working any rituals or that ties in with working with a kite you know with a kayak or anything you're happy to share on that from yeah so I I like to I think I mean this is another kind of wee tip for people that are kind of new and my goodness a bird a crow has just sat at my window and looking right at me how bizarre <laughs> a bird has just literally sat on my it's window like, watch what Weird. you say like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm no slagging you off Kylie I can promise I'm being nice that's an <laughs> um, where are my boiled sweets you haven't brought me any out for a while that's yeah, what no, she's <laughs> don't you worry I'm going up to the spa with the new I'll get you some uh, <laughs> But with with music, I feel music is one of the best things to kind of connect to, to get you in that zone of, um, for energy work and for that, that's kind of what I'd say to anybody, you in the craft, like when you're casting a circle and when you're doing that, have you ever been at a concert and you, you're singing your favourite song and everybody there has that feeling like we used to get it in the clubs in the 90s you know you feel that kind yeah. of that energy that kind of well, when someone does like that that's why a little Gary's like do you really like it no I have got some terrible 90s memories of clubbing but yeah <laughs> with music and ritual work I personally believe it gets you in a frame of mind I, I tie music with emotions like you'll hear a song from your past and it'll take you back to that exact moment in time yeah you know um it can make you cry there's songs that make me cry for no apparent reason at all just that I connect with them there's songs that make you feel empowered and passioned and like you could take on the whole world so yeah. with me I I, I like heavy metal so when I, I, I knew you were going to say that, yeah. <laughs> I listen to, and it doesn't, like, I think a lot of folks think, call oh, heavy metal is worship, uh, sorry, not worship, so it's kind of in conjunction with worshipping the devil and stuff. And it's really not. It's just how it makes me feel. If I'm really, really angry, I will listen to some death metal and I'll, like, do the death roar and I feel brilliant. Or if I'm having yeah. a bad day, I will have a car rave. I will go in my car and I was actually got pulled over by the police once because I was swaying all over the road. But I'd actually, I was dancing to Dolly Parton's <laughs> 9 till 5. But I was dancing I while that. driving and I got pulled over. 
they let me off because they thought, what the hell? And I was like, yeah, sorry, I was dancing to Dolly. Um, I don't know if I was totally fine, but yeah, music you connect with. But when I'm doing kind of ritual work, especially with the, the Kyliak and that ancestral work, I I cannot get past listening, uh, um, you know, like I love the bagpipes. And I know a lot of people, I the bagpipes give me goosebumps all over my body it's like it yeah. just makes me feel so patriotic like when I see like the the pipers walk through the street and you know on games day when we have like the highland games up here it just honestly it it, it does something to me so I I've been listening to for when it's with ritual work I'll, I'll, I'll listen to music before I kind of get yeah. into my ritual work but then I like to just have absolute silence but some, I mean, it depends what mood I'm in. Sometimes I'll have my earphones in and kind of stay connected. I like to dance in a circle, like really dance in a circle to create that energy. So I yeah. will dance yeah. the dance music in a circle going round round. And I totally believe that that gives you so much energy in your circle and it just makes your magic work stronger. Um, if I'm doing healing work, I kind of like to listen to healing kind of calming music there's um oh gosh I can't remember her name uh I've been listening to because I'm starting to learn Gaelic like really start to learn it uh, because I want to I want to speak Gaelic I want to know it fluently and I don't I mean I know a few words I can write it but the pronunciations are quite hard so I've been listening to a lot of um, Gaelic singers and so I can immerse myself in it um, and the music's lovely it's like Celtic kind of folk folk music it, it's just beautiful so I'll also listen to if I want to connect with the element of water I'll listen to water sound you know I just anything to kind yeah. of get me connected so it's it varies on how I'm feeling what I'm doing yeah. and uh, who I want to connect with or what I want to connect with you know um, but the majority of the time I'm a hardcore rock and roll metal head <laughs> love it <laughs> absolutely like and I really resound with the um with the music side of it because for me I listen to a lot of like really like um yeah like I'll, I'll listen to like a lot of like Celtic folk music as well um Norse music yeah, I think it just helps yeah. you that trance state and it depends who you work with as well I think it really ties you in with that deity or whatever you know because obviously I work with the Morrigan so I'll listen to a lot of music that I feel is related to her and yeah. it just gets you into that headspace definitely oh, it's really powerful yeah it, it, I think if you it, it, are like clairaudient as well or if like you know I think then certain things will res resonate with you a lot like music in your craft will be yes. something to really look at I agree I absolutely agree and I think the older I'm getting, um, I, I am mellowing out a wee bit more with my music taste and I am appreciating different sounds and music. And oh gosh, I, can't, I think her name's Catherine something. She's a Gaelic singer in Scotland. And the first time I heard one of her songs, it actually made me cry. And my husband was like, what are you greeting for? Because I had my earphones. I was like, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. I can relate. Honestly, we'll have to. You'll have to let me know how it is, and I'll put put a link in the show notes to some of their songs, yeah. so we can all have a cry together. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, it's beautiful. She's a she's a beautiful singer. She's got a really nice kind of tone, her voice, and so I've really been listening to a lot of her and um, kind of 
Celtic music, when I'm trying to connect to my ancestors and the Kylie, I am listening to more kind of Scottish folk songs and, and all the rest. I, I really am. I'm really connecting with that just now. It's kind of taken over my whole life, but I'm, I'm happy with that because it's made me find an inner peace that I never had yeah. before because I'm now, as I'm getting older, I am being true to myself and I am being unapologetically myself. And I've realised if people don't like me, that's none of my business, but I'm just yes. going to carry on anyway. You know, it's none of my business. If people like me or not, I don't care. I'm going to keep being me. And I've, since I have had that frame of mind, my world's opened up to me. Like all these good things have happened because before you'd kind of be like, oh, I better not say that. I might offend or I better not wear this because folk will think I'm weird. But now I'm like, you know what? Stuff it. I am going to be exactly who I am. And since I have done that, I've never been happier and I've never been more content with my life. And I've got a very supportive husband who he's probably just as daft as me, but he encourages me to, to absolutely go and do these things. And ah, he's wonderful. He is. I'm very lucky that way. I'm very lucky that way. But I, yeah, I'm just being true to yourself. And it's difficult, especially when you're younger. In my 20s, I would never, I would speak out a little bit, but then I would know when to stop. Whereas now I'm kind of like, no, I, I don't agree with that. And here's why, but without being mean or nasty, you know? And I, I think that's exactly the cardiac energy as well. Yeah, like genuinely, yeah, just, just one thing, that. I think. That's what she would want. Like just yeah. to, you know, like be as you are, not worry about what people think, say what you yeah. mean and live by that rule. Definitely. 100%. Listen to that inner voice in you. Like that's one thing that I've, I've totally taken away from from the Kyler it's just that inner gut voice is never wrong never wrong and if you continuously squash it then it does stuff to you it'll affect you mentally physically it'll make you ill but when you start really listening to that inner Kyler voice it, it empowers you and then little by little you just you feel better you feel energized you feel powerful you know the first time in my life I actually feel like a strong powerful woman I'm not a silly wee lassie anymore I am I'm fully embracing the the mother crone stage of my life you know I, I, and I love it I absolutely love it and it's it's down to connecting with that with the spirit of the Kylie 100% it's, it's changed me it's made me stronger I think you need a podcast Savannah I'd listen to it and <laughs> you like I'm not even joking honestly I just want to say thank you so much no, for coming on I've been absolutely amazing and I've loved like honestly you are one of the most fascinating people I know like you've got oh, so many amazing stories like you know like so many things you've taught me and I don't know I just love your energy so oh, you no, definitely you need to get a podcast <laughs> You've taught me loads as well. The first ever podcast I listened to yours, I knew instantly. I honestly, I knew I was like, I mean, her are going to be pals. I just knew, oh, and I, yeah. I, I reached out to you straight away. And we've been, I've been stalking you ever since. Definitely <laughs> no, mutual, honestly. Like when we first met, I was like, when we first spoke, I was like, ah, oh, this girl. Like I, it was honestly absolutely mutual. It was like, just yeah, like, you know, just like colliding and you know yep. just, just got yep. on like instantaneously so 100%. I knew I knew it would be brilliant you coming on honestly but no oh, I will you. link in um, I'll link in the show notes the different bits that Savannah's talked about like the ritual and so on but I 
I'm so grateful. So, Savannah, thank you for coming on, and I'm sure thank you'll you have to come back on again. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. Thank you.